Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> Man, I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Go right! And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. We're coming strong with this week because we have a Texas win to talk about. Texas gets it done, 37-14 over USC. And, uh, gentlemen, I think we should milk this positivity for all it's worth. It's already practice time, baby. Looking forward to the Purple Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. I don't think you got that much time to milk it. Forward to Tom Herman had a 30-minute rant, apparently, early this week, pleading with his guys to get over this win. Like, Very get smart. past it. Get past it, man. Put it behind you like it don't mean a damn thing. Do it now. Do it now. The sooner you do it, the sooner you forget about it, the sooner we can move on. Do not reflect on it very much. He still wants them hungry for TCU. I would hope the track record yeah. or lack thereof Texas has in the TCU series yeah. of late would they don't uh, have time. Quickly, quickly shift the focus, right? Exactly. They don't have time to. The Purple yeah. Kryptonite's right there, man. They don't have time. It, it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because I agree with you. It's a quality win, and we got a lot of mojo from it. Texas got to 900 wins. They got that win on their birthday. I think they were what, 135th birthday as a university. Uh, VY got honored during the game. Above Matthew 500. Yeah, uh, Matthew McConaughey's down there. He's giving, you know, pregame speeches to the players. I mean, there was just a lot of mo- te- the sellout crowd, of course, 103 plus thousand. It was a it was a lot of Texas mojo going, almost too much for USC to even overcome. And that's great, but we got to get over that. Right. We got to get over. We got to move on real well, quick. Well, we will talk about the USC win and what it means yeah. uh, for Texas going forward, and we will also look ahead to TCU at some point in the show. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you doing, sir? Doing pretty well. And right there, when Rod started talking about that point, it sort of gave me an aha moment in my head because we were talking about how last year the team was always a team that over exceeded expectations in the big games yet came up short so then the team was always hungry and they had that team so it sort of was all that motivating factor you're right this is the first time that I've actually thought about the team after a big win and how they respond because before you could say oh well they performed really well against these good teams they should continue to perform really well against these good teams Mm -hmm. but that's that one difference is last year they weren't getting the actual big win win that they expected and this year they finally did on the front end, so we'll see how they react. Yeah. Another little l- learning test for them. I heard a Chris Boyd quote that I-, I didn't like. He said, I think we're already kind of back. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time Texas is it back, you are in the paper. I, I, I saw it. it was, I think we're yeah. already kind of back. I'm like, uh, a, a man who was on the 40 acres when Texas down. was back, when Texas was winning 11 <laughs> games a year, uh, our lockdown corner on the show got called a bum for winning 11 games in a season. Yeah, yeah, my, right. my, how times have changed. Out. Got uh, Chris Sims got tire slash. At the same time, he was the most <laughs> winningest quarterback in school history. Yeah. Lifetime <laughs> Longhorn 2002 UTL American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2000. his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. His T-ring is on the way, and when he gets it, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Rod, I want to start this discussion about this Texas win over USC, talking about what, this is a, this should be a feel-good victory for Texas, for the three of us, because everything we talked about last week that Texas needed to do to win this game, they did. And the statistical area I want to focus on are two areas, uh, first down and third down offensively. We'll start with the offense. And 30 four snaps Texas had on first down averaged 4.44 yards a play almost four and a half a play on first down yeah. so you're winning there were now there were some passing completions but ah Rod I counted of all the first downs all those 34 uh, first downs I counted one that was a negative play oh that's good now, that's a great stat yeah, yeah. that's a great so stat. you're not you're stat. not necessarily winning all the time on first yeah. down but you're not losing now that's not counting penalties they had a false start in there on Sam Cosme they started a drive with a delay a game which Sam Ellinger took the plan for that he 
he said, hey, with the new clock rules, I, I need to just be aware of, of the clock and, mm-hmm. and how things are on first down after a change of possession. But at the end of the day, you couldn't ask more of the offense than to do what they did on first down, especially, especially the first drive of the first half and the first drive of the second half. Yeah, and we talked about staying ahead of the chains. Essentially, that all that means is win first down. Mm-hmm. Staying ahead of the you, if, and I don't know what the percentages are, but I, I imagine the success rate of you converting a third down. Um, if you are gaining at least four yards on first down, you say, what, 4.4 was yeah. the average? Mm-hmm. It goes up immensely. And I'll add to that, I think Sam Ellinger being a big part of the running game early and often, designed run plays early and often. Yeah, I only think he had 35 total yards rushing. But if you watch that game, you understand him as a running threat really, really brought everything together. And I think a big part of that was them winning on first down. I like that quarterback team. sweep. Oh, well, I love the quarterback sweep. Hey, remember they ran the, 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 the misdirection, uh, like reverse with the wide receiver with it at one yeah. time, too, and mm-hmm. he still kept it. I love that kind of stuff, man. I think and, it's great. And if you look at right now, Texas overall, you talked about the success on first down, but when you look at percentage of first downs coming on plays on first or second down, so that's one stat that Bill Walsh used to chart that you see football study hall still chart. Texas still very low on that, so it's good to see that Texas, even though it can be very successful in this game, maybe signs of improvement because they had struggled in that right. area previous year in the season. Uh, we go to third downs, Rod. You know, everybody looks at the 10 for 19 on third down. Yeah. Uh, I look more at, and, and again, this we talk about this offense being kind of more of a traditional offense in terms of, you know, the historic metrics that we've always used to measure offensive success. We're not talking about explosivity and things like that like we will when we get into talking about TCU here in a little bit. Um, but it's, you got to be really good on first down. You got to put yourself in manageable third downs. And against USC, Texas on third and longs, it's third and nine or longer, converted two for seven. Yeah. Uh, third and shorts, third and one uh, to third and four, four or five. So, and then they were uh, third and goal. They they missed their one third and goal that they had uh, yeah. in the first half. But again, Rod, it makes get yourself in manageable third down situations. Good things are going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, and that goes, like but the, that goes back to, sorry, because Jeff, that goes no, back no. to what you were talking about with Sam Ellinger in the run game. You get Sam Ellinger in those third and shorts, third and manageables, yeah. the entire playbook is open. You don't have to go empty set and mm. show your hand. Reminds me a lot of Dak Prescott this past weekend. Cowboys There's fans will know that too. A lot of similarities. <laughs> right? They started using Dak and using him in the running game, design, run plays. Then they got to third manageable, and yeah, the Cowboys are a much more effective offense. It's just easier. So much more of the playbook is open. You're less you're, you're less predictable as an mm-hmm. offense, and I, I think you're around the money. That's what you say, third and nine, they were two of seven. I mean, that's danger territory for Sam Ellen because he can still be, he's a running threat, but I can come tackle him within, you know, five yards after a five-yard gain mm-hmm. and still force Texas to kick. But a third and four, that's a nightmare. Because yeah. then Texas can throw it. Hell, they can just run it. Or Sam can throw it or run it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there's so many more possibilities for you, for them to threaten you offensively when you make it third and four, third and short. So, I, yeah, to me, that's that's easy That's easy money. And I think it, it starts with the first down. For yeah. yeah. And when you talk about that third and long and third and short, you look at Texas right now for the year, they're at the very bottom, like 98th in the nation in the amount of times they've been put into third and long. But whenever they actually get into those third and long, they're 41st in production. So they're produ- producing well. They just don't want to put themselves into right. that situation. Same thing with third and short percentage. Texas, that's what they're actually best at. They're middle of the road across the nation, getting into third and short 11% of the time. Uh, Rod, also running the ball on third down. We talked about that. Texas ran it on third down nine times, gained 47 yards, four first downs, four of their 10 first downs, came on running plays. So every, every, when, they, when they ran the ball on third down, they were averaging 5.2 a carry. That's a good stat. So, yeah. I mean, again, it just goes back to when you get yourself in good situations, good things are going to happen. But man, it starts with Sam Ellinger, and I, I charted Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger throwing the ball on first down, and, and Texas had a good mix. Uh, actually, this is on the first two drives. I'll talk about the first drive. So let me re-rack that. Okay. The first drive of the first half and the first drive of the second yeah. half. And I like the fact that after the game, Sam Ellinger said, look, I challenged the, the offense. Let's score on our first drive of the, week, the first mm-hmm. time we get the ball in the game, and yeah. let's score our first drive in the second half. Start fast. They did that. Yeah. They got the field goal to answer the USC score, which was huge. Even though that it wasn't was a huge. touchdown, they got points. They got points. Which was big. And it was a good drive. Right. Like the, it was explosive plays on that drive, yes. too. Yes. Came, came out swinging. You had yeah. a 15, 15 yard under 20 yard under Colin play Johnson. action early. Right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah you got him uh, Got him loose on one of those. Uh, it was like a backside. What was that? Like a backside, backside drag. drag. Like a yeah. deep drag. Like yeah. a six route, but it was like a lazy six. It was like he just kind of followed. Right. The, the, the but it was off. They used the jet sweep action yeah. with so Sean Jameson. Yeah. If he was going against zone, he could have found the soft spot in the zone. You don't want to commit too early because you don't know how the other team is going to play it. So he's just waiting on the soft spot and Sam to find him. Use some but nice it was beautiful. It was a beautiful that. play design. But on those two drives, Rod, Sam Ellinger throwing the football, 9 for 12, 109. 
nine yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. And I think he I, I, he was a, he was a runner on both of those drives, I believe, at one point. Not and it wasn't a ton. I mean, it was just uh you know uh, just I think he had the, the two like designed runs on the first drive there. Did he have, he had two of those? I believe. Yeah. Um, and then I think I, he had, I, yeah he had two. One was in the red zone, and the other one was yeah. uh, on and, the third down. And I don't even think the one in the red zone was successful actually either. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. That but, was that was the one where they tried the quarterback sweep where they faked. Yes. The, uh, there you go. My point is, it just you gotta have him as a threat. Just him as a mm-hmm. threat. It opens up the offense and it makes the running game more effective. Period. Because they have to allocate resources to do it. So you gotta put that. You gotta put that in the game plan. I know it's more dangerous because he could end up getting you know injured and puts himself in harm's way. That's why you got Shane Bouchel back there. So this this was a game, that. Rod, offensively where I felt like. And granted, the production is not. You know, they, Texas had 394 yards of total offense, so it's not. It's not great. The running game wasn't overwhelming, but it was good enough that you could still get into your yeah. play action series. But I thought this was a game plan by the offensive staff and credit them where they scouted USC well and I they think did. they looked at things they could do and said, you know what, we're going to have opportunities to win down the field. Tom Herman reiterated saying that, you know what, we knew Sam's completion percentage was not going to be good yep. because we were going to take a lot of deep shots. Yeah. And Rod, you, you know, when I was with you on the air earlier this week, we were talking about some of this stuff. Uh, you estimated probably 15 to 20 percent of I was his about throws at least 20 down the field. Of those throws were 20, 20 yards or more down the I field. Think, I it think that's a conservative that. percentage. It yeah. felt like, re-watching the game, it felt like a lot more. Yeah, yeah, totally closer to 30%. No, I could I could totally agree with that. You could tell that they were, they had a, you know, obviously part of the game plan. Um, they had it as part of an effort to make sure they took shots downfield anytime they saw man-to-man covered, um, and they can confirm it, and they did. I thought that was, and they didn't always work, but if you look at it, and here's a stat to you about explosive plays. You brought up Bill Walsh earlier, mm-hmm. who was a freak about explosive plays. Um, and his theory was that, hey, it's too hard to march the football down the field 70, 80 yards. You need an explosive play, a chunk yardage play, at least one on any of those drives to help you get a touchdown. And Texas in that game had an explosive play on every touchdown they allowed. At every touchdown they had, they had an explosive play on, except for one, but that was a 15-yard pass interference penalty for Devin Duvernay that actually ends up being kind of an explosive play. It's a chunk yard game. Right. Yep. So it still holds true to this day mm-hmm. to Bill Walsh. No question. you got to have explosive plays. you got to win the explosive play margin. The more explosive plays you have, the more chance you have to get a touchdown. Not a field goal, but a touchdown in the Big 12. That's even more more, more relevant. Yeah. Right? Because field goals don't matter. I love Dicker the kicker. We'll talk about him. But you're going to need touchdowns to win the Big 12. Yep. And that's a big part whenever you talk about actually getting those results from actually coming through with big plays. In Texas, at times this year, we had seen Texas maybe winning more downs, but then being the team that was losing those the type of plays, giving play up the explosive plays, yeah. or just the variance of football being a high-variance sport. You only get seven or eight different possessions per game. So if you squander an opportunity and say, give them points on that opportunity because it's a turnover, then you're really digging yourself into a hole. And this was a first game that Texas really took advantage of that variance that mm-hmm. you saw those mistakes. Now, Texas had a missed tackle early on that cost them maybe what could have been that second touchdown when you see and it's like, oh, is this again going to happen? But after that, from that point on, you didn't have anything that turned into a big point play for them. But Texas had one where, say, you go and block a kick instead of three, you get seven. That's a 10-point swing. You're going in, goal line stand. They're going to get three. They're going to get seven. Okay, they don't. Well, they should have got a safety. You get lucky there. What happens? You go down and get points. So whichever way you view that, if it's seven or if it's a safety with a field goal or just a safety, either way you get a field goal on the other end, that's a five to seven to even 12 point swing there so you're talking yep. two plays where the production swung against Texas or in the past this time Texas benefits from it and all that is is being opportunistic it's the same thing you hear the Daryl K. Royal quote about luck it's like operate or luck is just when preparation meets opportunity that situation is you can't predict when you're given those situations in football because it's such a high variance sport you just got to be able to capitalize when given the opportunity and Texas did this game and they were able to blow them out because of it I thought this was a very workmanlike effort on offense from Tech. None. There were some explosive plays, Rod, but yeah. for the most part, it's just kind of grimy, not real pretty, but just kind of effective enough that you kept the playbook open. You didn't get yourself in a bind. Like you said, they're not going to blow anybody out. Right. I, mean, it's not I think I think we can. It's not, made, uh, it's not made to blow people out. That's kind of been my you know theory. Yeah, I agree. Piecing it together, but I think now we can clearly see that's what this offense is all about. Yeah, and, and that was an, that was actually the offense kind of performing at a high level, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, still, you know, they're not blowing people out. They're get, they're doing it's doing what it was designed to do right. which is pretty much contr- 
control the game. And especially with the lead in the uh, in the second half, after Texas went up 9, 23-14 yeah. on the touchdown pass to Joshua Moore, from then on, the rest of the game, Texas ran the ball 27 times, gained 114 yards, average of 4.2 a play. Yeah. And what do we talk about in the run game? Four yards, four yards, four yards, boom, you're moving the chains. That's what they want to do. Um, and I, you know what? And I, I'm with it. Because you're winning with special teams, and you're also winning with defense. And that's what they did in that USC game. Special teams, honestly, might have won the game for them. And the defense, once the adjustments were made after the first quarter, first quarter is a little bit different than the rest of the game. The last th- final three quarters of the game, Todd Orlando's defense was playing at an elite level. I think they, they held USC to what, 1 of 11 on third down. Yeah. So that offense, it almost just complements the other phases of Tom Herman's you know blueprint to win, if you will. Because right. he doesn't want to endanger his defense by taking, you know, being irresponsible on offense. Basically, yes. yeah, the three and outs and then putting the defense out there too much and wearing them out. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to lose too much field position because that'll hurt the special team. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I'm thinking that he is, or at least I'm, I'm predicting, or at least I'm foreshadowing that he's thinking, no, 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 this offense is designed to complement the other phases of the game, especially once we get control, even though he doesn't believe in momentum, yeah. control of the game. Exactly. That's, go ahead, man. That's when you look, though, at just this team and, and understanding the blueprint needed when yeah. you can hold USC to negative five yards rushing. Yeah, why, yeah like, exactly. It's, I mean, when you're talking about at that point, yeah. then just don't screw it up, don't turn it over, and then since we already are good on standard downs, on rush downs, look at our success rate. Texas has been a top 30 team all season. You know you lack explosivity, so now just go out there, and it's good to see that understanding from the top all the way down to the you know deployment of the players on the field, and Ellinger not trying to force things at times. I mean, all the way across the board, it seemed as if Texas understood the game plan, went out, and just executed, and that's really all you hope for them to do to start if you want any form of consistency to develop. Let's, let's be clear about something. Sam Ellinger did not play a great game. Uh, there were some throws he missed. Uh, he mm. missed on a deep ball to Devin Duvernay yeah. uh, over the middle where you know it was really similar to the Maryland play yeah. where they scored. He just overshot him a little bit. But I'm and not going to give him... He's oh, got to overshoot like Devin right, Duvernay. Right, right? But you can't... Don't, don't no, right. I, I got well, you. I got you. But let, just let me finish. Yeah, yeah. But And then there was the play with the safety, which, Rod, I'm still not 100% clear on the rule. Like, mm. does the ball have to get all the way out? Because if it does... Uh, I feel like it probably I, was a safety. I don't know how they missed the call. It looked like a safety to me. The rules are different than what we perceive them to be. It's right. basically uh-huh. they misinterpreted the rule. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> there, there were some things Sam Ellinger's... That's Ellinger's, awareness and you're right. There were some things Sam mm-hmm. Ellinger's definitely got to clean up and, yeah, as he for goes sure. forward. But at the end of the day, uh, he executed the game plan like we said. This was a really good job scouting by this offensive staff. They knew mm-hmm. what they wanted to do. They went ahead and did it. Uh, and, and as good as the production was in a deep passing game, Rod, of his 15 completions, seven of them were explosive in nature. Yeah. They could have had more. I mentioned the shot to Duvernay. Duvernay mm-hmm. had another one down the field that hit him like literally hit him in the chest yeah. that he missed. He Gerard Hurd had one that hit him in the hands mm-hmm. that he dropped, but thankfully he came back two plays later and got the 47-yard touchdown to little Jordan Humphrey where he did you know most of the work on yeah. that. But I just think this is, we saw what Texas needs from Sam Ellinger in a big game for them to have a chance to win. Don't turn the ball over, and when we need you to make a play, go make a play. Start of the drives, you know, the end of a half, beginning of a half, yeah. when, when, it's, when, when we need one of those momentum swings, even though Tom Herman doesn't like using the word momentum. <laughs> I will continue illusion. to use it. It's just a pet peeve. But when you need one of those swings, Sam Elliott go make a play on third down, be really good in the areas where he needed to be really good against USC. Uh, and that's exactly right. Uh, he, and I and know when you need to step up and make a play. Don't try to do too much. Yeah. Because you got help around. You know what I mean? You got Trey Watson now. You know, Keontae Ingram obviously not with the team that game and may not be with the team for TCU, but uh, Daniel Young until he fumbled actually was playing pretty well too. Uh, so yeah, you got little Jordan Humphrey and Kyle Johnson. Know, that, know when they need you to step up and make a play. I think he's recognizing that. I just think he's now taking ownership of the offense. What we started to see in the end of that Tulsa game in the fourth quarter, him taking ownership of the offense, making checks and audibles. Tom Herman talked about it again like he likes that. I think now it's not just Tim Beck and Tom Herman trying to figure out the offense. I think now Sam Ellinger's involved in it too. Mm -hmm. And I think they figured out that Sam Ellinger is a great athlete who's a really good football player. They're trying to turn into a championship level quarterback. And everybody's dealing with that. I mean, I think that's even at the NFL level, what happens at the college level. But when you do that, you have to recognize, and even with Dak Prescott too, that those guys, they're going to, you know, bam, bam, Sam's going to come out at one time. Yeah. Well, now what you can do is put a constructive outlet within the offense for bam, bam, Sam to operate. So he can have a creative outlet to, to improvise like he mm-hmm. likes to do it, getting his Tony Romo phase. Because mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, he's going to revert back to it. And he'll still point. lower his head and from if time you to can, time. And if you can constructively use it, then I think you often help him and you amplify other things in his skill set and get him in a rhythm. And we've seen when Sam starts 
running early and he's they throwing passes to him and doing trick plays. Sam gets in a rhythm because he's a football player. Yeah. Sam could Sam could Sam could easily be a white running back or be playing linebacker for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like really, he could be one of those guys. He could be doing but both like that is, dude last year. Yeah, like he, but he he could be what you know Taysom Hill is freaking doing for the Returning Saints right kicks. now. Returning kicks and running down on kickoffs like he's a football player. Yeah, they're I, trying yeah. to turn into a good quarterback, and it happens. And, and I'm I'm not saying it can't happen, but that's the reality. And I think they're they're realizing like, yeah, why why try to force him into a tour? Let's let's get him in a groove. He likes to run. He likes to improvise. He likes to bang around a little bit. If we can protect him by making a designed run, then maybe uh, you know the injury you know rate would go down or his uh, you know the the harm that he's in. Maybe we can somehow find a way to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. So I think now they're learning. They're just learning each other. Tim Beck and Tom Herman are finally starting to learn each other a little bit. We still don't know who's hell's calling the place, but I think Sam Ellinger and Tim Beck and Tom Herman are starting to learn each other. That's too. the big one. Yeah. That's the big because it's all three of them. They're all working mm-hmm. together. It ain't because if Sam don't like it, then it ain't gonna work anyway. And if Tim Beck don't know how to call it for Sam, then he's gonna put Sam in the wrong position. And if Tom Herman don't understand the the, the symbiotic nature of that relationship and how it works, then it's all gonna go to hell. So it's those three that really have to turn around this offense. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of. I can see tent poles. I can see things that they do really well. That they are now starting to say, you know what? Even if we don't complete the deep ball, we see the benefits. Things of it. to hang Let's their hat going. on. That's it. You know what? Sam running. Hell, man, he was thirty five percent of the rush. They we ran about forty eight times. I think he ran seventeen. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He should be thirty five percent of the running. Exactly. He only got thirty five yards. But you know that that USC was worried about it the entire time. They're like, damn, man, we got those stop are hard earned and all needed so, yards when he does. That. Yeah. So I think those few things you're starting to see that they do really. Colin Johnson, Lil Jordan Humphrey, all day, every day, just keep throwing it to them. Yeah. That's something that we're recognizing. Like, oh, those two guys. Yes, of course, they are the biggest threats on the offense. So I think it's little things, slowly but surely, we're starting to learn. I don't yeah. know when it's all going to come together, but I, I like what I'm seeing on offense. Right. I know that's weird to say. I haven't no, said that in a while. It, it, because, <laughs> because it was so bad last year, we're seeing improvement, so now you can see things. That, yeah. And what we've been talking about on this show, what I've been writing about on the site, you're not talking about going just suddenly being, you know, just this explosive juggernaut of an offense. It's just, look, man, find just simple concepts you can hang your hat on, things that, regardless of what the front or the coverage is, things that you feel yep. you can go do well just to keep yourself from getting in those lulls where you have you know, four three and outs in a row and, yep. and nothing's going exactly. and we're starting like you said Rod, we're starting to see elements of that one thing I really liked with this offense in, in late in the second half was the run game I, it mm-hmm. wasn't fan, there was no it, it was no flash it was straight ahead just yeah. every Down now and then you saw some pin and pull stuff but other than that man it's straight just you know almost like veer midline blocking like hey put a hat on a hat and get downhill and let's see what our running back can do yeah. And find a hole and get in, yeah. And, and we saw miss. we saw the difference with Keontae Ingram out because there are some of, of those course. runs I think Keontae Ingram I mean, would breaks. have turned into very explosive. Uh, yeah, plays. exactly. And nothing. I, I really like Trey Watson. I think there's room on a team for a guy that maximizes enough runs and is smart enough and does enough things well that yeah. you can justify continuing to give. Yesterday him the ball. I said he was Selvin Young to me. You know, what I mean, he's you know, what I mean, he's a guy like post injury Selvin. Yeah, like he's kind Late of a, yeah, Selvin. exactly. He's kind of a Selvin Young character. Like Selvin Young could have you know probably been a you know, starting running back in college for a number of universities but here he was more of a role player but mm-hmm. he was an awesome role player and you saw yeah. that when he got to the to the NFL it was like holy crap this dude actually can right. you know I mean he actually can you know support a running game on his own and Shanahan used him that way I see him as that guy and, he, and obviously Trey Watson in the passing game I think they got to start using him more that way they don't use him that's something else they haven't used him enough in the passing game I think we might have to see that or on the, Saturday against yeah. TCU all right, guys, let's take our first time out. But when we come back, more talk about the Texas win over USC, and we'll start looking ahead to this weekend's game against TCU. We'll do that when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Yeah. We know Todd Orlando's MO. He wants to stop the run, make you one-dimensional, and then he can go tee off and open up the exotics and do all the, all he wants. And in a lot of ways, like, yes, did Texas shut down the run when USC ran it uh, with the exception of really the one run by Stephen Carr was really all they got, the yeah. one touchdown run. And made him, which was, was yeah, in the first quarter. Which was bad hat placement by Brandon Jones on the tackle. Brandon Jones gets his head across the bow. That's probably a six-yard run instead yeah. of a 23-yard touchdown. But other than that, they shut down the run, and then SC just stopped trying to run the ball. It was weird. They yeah. made themselves yeah. one-dimensional. It was strange because even they ran the jet sweep, I think, the first play of the game. And I don't think I, I don't know if I even saw it again. Actually. You didn't see much because I was like, oh, there's that Velas Jones guy. And then I remember didn't when see. they did just, I was like, oh, they're they going to run did this it all once, day. But it was like in the it, second half, I think. They went, yeah, yeah, maybe one other time. I was like, damn, I'm surprised they hadn't just broken that out a couple of more times. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think USC, this is what happens, I think, though, when Texas can get a lead. This is, and the, defense, the defense played differently when the Texas offense was able to get them a lead. And when 
they got in the game. That's, and that's why I think that that symbiotic relationship we talked about, you know, the, the worst quarter for Todd Orlando's defense was the first quarter. And Texas is down early on in that game. And I think his defensive blueprint, his mentality, it almost works better or is more effective when Texas has a lead. Because the other team gets a little bit desperate, which yeah. USC did. Now, oh, they yeah. got desperate, even though they were making plays. Like, they actually were making plays. Amara St. Brown, I mean, good God. Yeah. That reminds me of a young, uh, kind of Odell Beckham light, right. if you will. You know what I mean? And we really didn't have a, an answer for him. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't just dominating Texas, but I mean, they had they have a hell of a connection. And I, I even uh, to the point with Todd Orlando, at one point, in running man coverage on a third down, he puts Chris Boyd in the slot um, on a third down because I know he's worried about it. He's like, nah, man, this guy's, this guy's killing me. So he tries to make adjustments, but I think USC panicked. And when Texas got up, they started throwing it a lot. They played right in the Todd Orlando's hands. Yep. It was like, oh, okay, well, of course. That's exactly what I want. And then they got the quarterback. And what they do, they forced turnovers. Chris Boyd interception. Probably could have had another interception there. I think he kind of dropped on another cloud coverage. They kept running that cloud coverage, too. Yeah. Um, that's where uh, Boyd got his pick. He's basically running cover two, and he's reading the number two receiver. Number two keeps going vertical, so he has no threat. So he sinks with number one, and then he's basically playing man under right there. So he's yeah. like, oh, he just gave it a pick. Caden uh, Stearns had a pick that he'd like. If it's one of those, like, him and oh, Devontae, yeah, Devontae Davis Devontae were in the Davis same one. place. Like, if one of them is, if mm. it's one of those guys is there and the other one's not, yeah. that guy that's probably a has a pick. That's when yeah. both aren't in yeah. their position, it ends up being actually bad luck yeah. that they're both making a good play on the ball. And that happened yeah. another time earlier where you saw Texas just, uh, it's sometimes just luck if that thing. Are you talking about the Brandon play. Jones one? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, where he just, if he if he times his jump a little bit better, it's an yeah. interception. Well, and then yeah, so they started swarming. You could tell, like, in the game. And they, they could have had more turnovers. They just only ended up with two. Charles Manning with the strip sack is part of that. Team. And I, I like your I like your uh, your theory, Rod, that fourth down stops, you should count those as turnovers because Todd Orlando does. He, they should no, be. they are. Yeah. You I mean, get the ball back. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a way that you can just look at numbers. The same way that flipping a field position, if you can go and get a guy that netted 50 yards per punt last year like Dixon, that's like taking a first down, taking 10 yards yeah. off their offense because it's just the field position. But whenever you look at the game log and really when USC decided to quit running the ball, it was that fourth down stop that Texas got because, like, as you said, they were able to run the first two drives. The sweep? Hell of a play by Brandon Well, Jones, yeah, goal line, yeah. exactly. because yeah, terrible play The way call. to go and start yeah. that drive, though, <laughs> USC is able to start that drive. Two of the first three plays are run plays after they had had running touchdowns and been successful running prior yeah. to that. Then they pass all the way downfield. They get into a goal-to-go situation on third and goal from the one, fourth and goal, get stuff, stuff. And from then on, it looks like they didn't have confidence because that's when all the rush just yeah. stopped and they just aired it out. Yeah, he didn't pull any linemen or anything on it. I was like, man, give give Carr something. Like, yeah. he didn't give it. Even though he just tossed it, it out. A race. Old school. So, yeah, a race. Like, uh, he, Texas is not slow. That's one thing we ain't on defense. We ain't slow. A- nope. After after the goal line stand, I thought that changed the, the game for the Texas defense. I agree. After the goal line stand, USC had three, four three and outs, yeah. 24 snaps, 98 total yards. <laughs> yeah. The very first run after the goal line, it was a six-yard loss by Stephen Carr. So, yeah. they, even after the goal line continued to run, and it was a six-yard loss. Yeah. So, after that, they had no confidence. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't I mean, that was just a, yeah, it was a bad play call by him. You were, Actually, they probably could have tried to throw it because I think Anthony Cook was in the game. Then. He was in the game. Hmm. Yeah, because Devontae Davis got they hurt. Ran, they ran a bubble on no, they ran a bubble. It, you know, Anthony Cook made a good field? play because yeah. he basically played inside out on that receiver. Yeah. He could have taken – He could, it basically could have failed for the okie doke. Am I went, thinking that right? Was it a bubble on that side it, of the field? It was a weird play because they, they almost – the spacing was wrong on it. I yeah. remember the play you're talking about because yeah. it was weird to me too. I was like, How, that's weird. It just looked strange. I think, I think it was supposed to be a screen and then the spacing was off on it. But Anthony Cook, when his receiver, they have two receivers there. He goes, his number one receiver goes inside. Usually a young corner would just, he goes, he goes all, you know, he's go all in for that fake. He's going to go all in. And the number two receiver, he goes, obviously, goes outside because he's the receiver that's getting the, the, the bubble screen or whatever the screen was. And then you got kind of a, a wide open lane to try to run and get to the pylon. But Anthony Cook was able to see what was going on, diagnose that, hey, his receiver was going in basically to screen or, you know, to pick the, uh, the defensive back inside. Yeah. And he didn't fall for the okie doke. That was a big move. That could end up being an easy touchdown for USC. Yeah, it really could have. That was oh, a yeah. good play by Anthony Cook for a young guy and, coming and in. Speaking yeah. of Anthony Cook, I'm I'm just continually blown away at how game ready this group of freshmen. Eighteen, baby, yeah, class is it, It's Rod. I mean, we've yeah. seen really good freshman classes. You were a part of one. Yeah, uh, I think that group in 2011, the, the Jackson Shipleys and the Malcolm Browns. Those guys were ready. Is that Quandre? Were, were they, that was Quandre. Yeah, yeah. that was a nasty. Like those guys Texas were ready. Have been yelling for how Texas wants to get freshmen to come in and contribute. It's like man. everybody else does it. Why haven't we been able to do it for a decade? You know, this is a good class like that. B.J. Foster, even though the targeting penalty was unfortunate, but B.J. Foster's had a really good start. Caden Stearns with a blocked field goal. We saw from Anthony Cook. 
even when we've seen guys like Joseph Osai on special teams, uh, yeah. Deshaun Jameson, his presence, we've talked about that before. Joshua we obviously Moore. know what Keontae Ingram can do. Joshua yeah. Moore with the big catch. Yeah, man, that's um, legit. That's this real is deal. it's it's in terms of we talk those bust rates we always bring man. up here on the yeah. Longhorn Blitz podcast. It's gonna be interesting in three four years to look at that class. Yeah, see, a lot of contributors <laughs> already. Exactly, already. Like, <laughs> I mean, look at the dividends that class already paid. I agree with you, man. That this 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 DB class though is gonna be special, man. We, it's, yeah. These safeties already. Caden yeah. Stearns and BJ Foster already. I and mean, we haven't even seen DeMarvion Overshone or Jalen Green yet. Yeah. I may be just disrespecting <laughs> yeah. the rest of the Big 12 safeties, but it's like, I don't know who else I'd want to take other than those young guys. I don't As know. Freshmen, you, they might I mean, be the best group. It'd be hard for me to find two younger, no, better safeties in the not country. Not even younger, just better young that. safeties yeah. in the country. No, they're, they're Caden Stearns. I mean, he's so dude, good. it's ridiculous that and a guy. And he's so big. Yeah, that's that young can have this much of an old soul. I mean, it's he just doesn't look out of place. No. He looks, I mean, he looks, he honestly, he's going to start accelerating here in, after a while because it uh, naturally it happens for him. He's already, he's a true freshman, so mm-hmm. he's learning. You know what I mean? It's like babies, right? They say mm-hmm. babies, they, they're sponges, so they soak up everything. That's how young true freshmen are. And he's in there soaking up more knowledge than anybody else. And yes, yeah, it's like kind of drinking through a fire hose, but mm-hmm. he doesn't like he's drinking through a no, fire hose. That's a beer guys, bong, he looks, man. He's taking it all. Yeah, he's taking it. <laughs> so my, my thing is, though, we always know that true freshmen, the first six weeks of their, you know, when they're playing, you know, they're still figuring things out. He's still figuring things out. I, I've he's got better it. than he's, everybody else. He's going to start diagnosing things quicker around yeah. midseason after Oklahoma. He's going to get, a, trust me, he's going to get a whole lot better around, I don't know, when is the, um, oh, you know, Iowa State is the last game, like close to the last game. last home game, yeah. Last home game. Kansas is the last. Yeah. yeah. Like, but, uh, no, uh, Rod, Caden Stearns kind of reminds me of Quandre Diggs from the standpoint that watching him in high school, you look at him and say, you know what, if you put that guy at any position, he'll probably figure it out and be really good I'll at it. On that. I think he probably, yeah, I think you probably could put him at Joker and he'd be fine to a Joker. I think even in high school. Corner, he'd be fine at corner. I think he'd play any position in the secondary, and I'd be confident. Hey, he, you look at his body, it was just a yeah. funny zoom out that they had, and he was next to Brandon Jones, and he's so much bigger than he's so longer much, and yeah. rangier. And to see that body, how he's going to fill into it. Because remember oh, hearing man. about that at the same age, Brian Arakpo being 6'4, 215, and growing 50 pounds of muscle. And then, like, he blocks that kick. I, first thought to me, it was like, oh, watch out, Michael Griffin. It's like, if he's here four years, that kid, is he going to play special teams? Because he could easily be blocking a kick every few games if he has those type of instincts, the size, speed and that type of range and then mentally like gets it and is connected and competitive. Yeah. This class, man, they got some pros in this class. Oh, I've, yeah. got, I've got a story up on the site right now about Sunday the freshman and PJ Locke said <clears throat> he woke up, you know, they had a 930 wake up call the, the day of the Tulsa game in a hotel. Mm-hmm. I read this. And he said yeah. that, uh, you know, he said he wakes up at 830 and feels like he's, you know, getting a fresh start on the day and attacking mm-hmm. it. And he said BJ Foster was his roommate. He said when he woke up at 830, BJ Foster was already awake, already, already going over the playbook already and his assignments for the game. Now. Already mm-hmm. on it, youngster. Yeah, and it's it, it, it exactly what sickness. I talked about, right? It's a great story to bring up. I got to bring it up on the show because this is what happened to all of us when they brought in Nathan Basher and Michael Huff and all these youngsters. Mm-hmm. And you would watch these youngsters, and you'd have to tell them to stay at the practice. They were already on it, and you're like, "Well, I, I got to stay after up. at least 20 more minutes after this young dude." But I'm not gonna let some young dude <laughs> like show Brady. me up. And then the compet the competitive level just continues to yeah. increase, man, and get higher and higher. That's why you bring in those guys, man. That's that's that that's a great story that really has a great story. i'm glad to hear that loving it all right not that i had the i was irrationally confident that texas was gonna play well i like that that case mccoy cotton bowl Mm -hmm. ou irrational confidence about texas performing well against usc and not that i got there against tcu but i'm thinking you know maybe texas has a chance Uh then i watched the ohio state game Mm. and here's my thing with this game and i'll just open it up for discussion when you look at the texas offense against the tcu defense i do think texas is going to have a chance to run on tcu i think if you can run right at TCU because they're not very big. Not the edges. And with the way this offensive line's playing, I love what Sam Cosme's doing at right tackle, and I like the mix. With all due respect to Zach Shackelford, keep that mix you've got with Rodriguez at center, Kerstetter inside at guard, and Cosme tackle. And I think the two tight ends, Beck and Brewer, are doing a really good job. So I like what I've seen. You're going to need to be a little more diverse against TCU and not just be able to, you know, like you were against USC, just, hey, let's just get downhill and see what happens. Yeah. But I think Texas can run on TCU. Here's my thing, Ron. You're going to need to be explosive offensively. And anybody listening to this outside the Big 12 region will think I'm nuts, but those who understand and know Big 12 football I think will agree with what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I don't think Texas has the kind of athletes in space that can make explosive plays at a high enough clip that are going to allow you to win this game. I, I, I like the way you put that. <laughs> and I, you know what? And the way you put it, it's hard to disagree. I heard a Ohio State player, I forget his name, I have to go back and look tweet, but he said TCU's the fastest team that we've ever seen. Said ever, they played. And I was like, really? That's crazy. Um, but this is Ohio State. You 
see in practice some of the fastest players in the nation. That and tells the Big Twelve, Big Ten though. Big Ten's it's a good point. Slow. It tells a culture. So that means I agree with Big you. You 12. run at TCU. You don't go to the edges on them. And also, I agree with what you're saying about the the just the explosivity. Even on offense, that's one thing mm-hmm. that Gary Patterson has pride himself on is always having speed track stars. You know what I mean? And I think yeah, I think ultimately it is another game just like last week that could come down to explosive plays. And I don't know if Texas can go blow for blow with TCU in terms of limiting explosive plays and also producing explosive plays. A big part of it is limiting explosive plays. Yeah. I think TCU can do better than I Texas was, defense. I was floored watching the game. And Matt, I don't know if you've got rates on TCU or yeah, not, but I was floored watching that Ohio State game. They, they've they turned into like yeah. veer and shoot Baylor, Oklahoma State, because yeah. damn near everything they do in the passing game, Rod, is vertical. Yep, they're going downfield. At least they are this year. And, maybe and with guys like Jalen Rager and Kevontae Turpin, why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, and, <laughs> you know? and I'm worried about, you know, I think Turpin, I think there are a number of different ways that against Texas they can use a guy like Turpin too, which yeah. can be very dangerous. Well, they got a couple guys That's like that. I mean, Tay Barber's a guy like that. We know yeah. we've seen what Rager can do. Yeah, they got a couple of guys like that. And I've talked, we've talked about it. Now the dual threat quarterback. I mean, this next three, this next three game stretch will tell everything for Tyler Lando if he can adjust to the dual threat quarterback. He's got to play. Uh, Sean Robinson was leading the Big Twelve in yards per carry for in terms of quarterbacks. Uh, um, yards per carry, I think at six point six. Is it nine nine? When you take out uh, his garbage yards. When he runs, he's nine and a half. Oh, damn. That's yeah, pretty that's good. That's even better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think for I think he's leading him in rushing touchdowns, too. So for Texas, Real. they're going to use that. Sonny Cumbie, they're going to, they, I guarantee they're going to use that. No yeah. question about it. They'd be stupid. They'd be foolhardy not to. Okay. So here's the, the answer. Everybody's automatic answer is, well, why don't you spy the quarterback? So, Rod, as a defensive yeah. guy, what are the pros and cons of using a spy? And if you did that, I'm assuming it would be Gary Johnson. Yeah. If you do it, you want to do it with a guy that can go sideline to sideline and get him. Uh, and you don't want to waste a spy on him because that's even worse. So, I, yeah, yeah the, obviously, yeah, it, it's a numbers game, right? Football's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So, it leaves you uh, with less numbers in the passing game when you have a true spy. And now, that guy can still be a whole player slash spy. That's why Gary Johnson will be ideal because I think even him as a whole player, he's got instincts and speed to be able to catch up to a mm-hmm. guy like Sean Robinson. And, yeah, he's still got to ha- tackle him in an open field. But I think you take your chances. The, the, the thing that hurts you is that if Sean Robinson in the passing game can connect, and I don't know if he necessarily can. I don't know if he's that efficient in the passing game. Might be worth it to have a spy on him, unless you got a guy like you know a Patrick Mahomes who <laughs> who's lighting up the NFL Picking right now. Apart. All right, who literally can can make every throw in the football field and can also hurt you like a true dual threat quarterback. Those guys are rare, though. You know what I mean? So Mahomes. I think it's worth it to have a spy on him just so you don't get beat. But on downs, you got to pick and choose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make sure it's on crucial downs, third downs, and third and long, second and long. And if you talk about explosivity with TCU, now time rushing explosivity, thirty second in the nation, very good, especially when you look compared to the rest of their offense, you'd say that's sort of their strength now. Passing overall, 90th, but when you look on passing downs, which is when it really matters, if you're explosive on passing downs, yeah. that means your players are very explosive, and they're 23rd. They're making yeah. big plays when expected to yeah. pass, which is scary. Now, it also shows that overall, they've had some holes because they don't have that type of explosivity throughout their offense, but when you look down at a guy like Sean Robinson and how you're talking about the mobile quarterback, and you can have the spy theory, or it's just like how you have to break off that you no longer can be in any type of man-to-man coverage and go to a zone Everybody and that's where and that's where when you look at the Big 12 culture we talk about how you if you're trying to limit explosivity the idea is almost best maybe to drop into that zone to keep it in front of you make them do it 15 times or 10 times underneath and be disciplined with the young quarterback that he won't make a mistake then you will prevent him from winning the plays that you have lost or you've won because the ability of a quarterback to run after your defense has won a play you can take that away with the zone because you're facing the mobile quarterback if your back's turned you're screwed and if you're relying on one spy it's a riskier situation so it'll be just interesting to see how Orlando deploys it yeah. from a personnel standpoint we got to talk about what's going to hurt Texas in this game which is no Malcolm Roach Malcolm Roach is out yeah. six to eight weeks broken foot and what also hurts you Rod is you'd say okay then just open up in the lightning package well remember that targeting hit we talked about with BJ Foster yeah you don't have him for the first half that's you so now Todd Orlando's got to make a decision do you go base nickel with Jeffrey McCulloch as the b-backer mm. or do you go with your dime personnel and go with Chris Brown as the joke or yeah. can you move some things around and maybe I you I, do you put around. PJ Locke back at safety yeah. and maybe put Brandon Jones in that joker role I don't know what you do but yeah. I think you'll or maybe Caden Stearns in that joker role you're not going to go up against TCU and put guys out there who haven't played like Chris I would Brown think I wouldn't think and, so yeah. you know I think Josh Thompson I don't think you're going to put those guys out there. I think you'll see him move around some of the pieces he already has either go with it go with the nickel that he trusts if you're going to do that dime I think yeah I'm with you I think PJ Locke you move things around just like when Brandon Jones 
didn't play back to safety, and then you you kind of adjusted from there. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think Brandon Jones or Caden Stearns can move around honestly and yeah. play that Joker. Both of them have the size to do it. I I, w- I would actually like to see Caden Stearns on Joker. You know what I mean, I think both of them do. can do yeah. it honestly. Yeah, I with you. I like Caden Stearns better. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just I worry about the explosive plays in, in this game and Texas not being able to make enough of them and TCU making one too many because that's all it's going to take. I, I feel real similar about this game that because again TCU's offense has changed. It's not what it was no. under Kenny Hill or even mm-hmm. Trayvon Boykin. Like this is a different a different deal. The one one th- chance I think Texas had, and I'm saying this because I watched TCU's game against SMU all. Sean Robinson's really careless with football. He's a young quarterback. Yeah. yeah, not good ball security at times. Yeah. So people said just, the same thing about Sam Ellinger. But then Matt, <laughs> kind of what, what we were talking about earlier with those inter- missed interceptions uh-huh. against USC. Now you're talking about luck. Is does a guy get does you know do Brecken Hager or Charles who do they get the corner right at the right time when he's holding the ball out you know real mm-hmm. loose and being careless with it and then maybe you get a strip sack or something yeah that's the kind of stuff you're going to count on basically you're counting on the young quarterback to be careless with the football and then hope on top of that that you can take advantage of yeah but Orlando's defense do that very well and that's yeah. what they did in the USC game yeah. they were just the benefit of the bad luck the co- DBs in position to make plays and then the errant throw by the quarterback is just bad luck for Texas that it wouldn't be a pick six because they had it right there yeah. so it's sometimes yeah. when you're facing an inexperienced quarterback you benefit from those things the key for me in this yeah. game guys is can Texas control the tempo and again anybody outside the Big 12 region is going to think I'm nuts anybody that watches football in this league will know what I'm talking about the biggest mistake Ohio State made was turning that game into a track meet early mm-hmm. when they were going tempo and TCU was going tempo at some point Ryan Day that Ohio State staff realized well, we got to slow this thing down or we're just going to be chasing each other yeah. all over the field Agreed. and once Ohio State controlled the tempo once they toned it down started running the ball a little bit more they were gradually took control of the game. And Texas doesn't have the personnel Ohio State has offensively. I, I think if Texas doesn't have Keontae Ingram in this game, which we'll see. Um, yeah. I think that could be a game-time decision. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. But if you don't have Keontae Ingram, that it's going to be even more of an issue trying to create explosive plays. Uh, Rod, I'm just I'm just having a hard time seeing outside of outside of the, the uncontrollables. Yeah. Outside of, I was just say outside of the controllables. Mm, turnovers. Yeah, mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. see Texas winning this. Uh, Sam Ellinger having a, an out, a, like you know one of his great games I mean the greatest games we've ever seen him play one of those uh, yeah outside of something like that and that could happen I mean Sam Ellinger if that happens I think Texas has honestly for Texas to be in this game he's going to have to have a, a damn good game like can't turn football game. over he's can't turn football but he's got to run the ball effectively the ball. and they're going to have to run it in between the tackles with him which is I don't know if they could do because Sam Ellinger get to the edges on TCU they ain't going to work alright let's take a quick break but we've got more Texas football talk coming up after this you're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Um, TCU has owned this series as we get to predictions. Oh, TCU has owned this series yep. of late. They won four in a row. I believe the scoring margin is something like 153 to 33. Had that 47 games. Why you got to go there? Yeah. Well, Rod, is, we're, we're letting facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and make picks. Matt, I'll start with you. Texas, TCU, what do you think? Well, man, I think it's going to come down to actually something we've been talking a lot about with Sam and is that what I noticed in the USC game and in something that could be really advantageous, but first time that Texas with tall receivers like LJ and Colin Johnson playing on a plane above a defense. You have small DBs for TCU and I've noticed, now we've seen it hurt Texas in the past, but quarterbacks like Sam Ellinger with that sturdy base and a big arm, when you can play on that high level, he's missing every throw deep. He's starting to play on a plane that you can't defend in college. Now you can be inaccurate, but if you're always missing on the side where you don't throw picks, you're running your fast guys open, it leads to explosivity and you can play on a plane whenever you're well defended. Texas did that against USC and I think it can help them come back from games going forward. So watch Ellinger. He's going to be missing all his passes long. If that's good, it's a good sign. End up Texas barely winning this game. Like Ooh. 16-14. Damn, Look I'm at shocked Matt. actually. Wow. Uh, I'm not as optimistic as Matt, but I, well, I to Matt, the optimism. To Matt's point, to Matt's point, you go back and look at the one scoring drive they had last year against TCU, it was basically three deep shots to Lil Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson that got you down there to score. Well, I think that's going to be Texas all year long. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's just what they have to do. I think this Recognizing is when the opportunity is Yeah, when you get man-to-man coverage, that's where you actually have an advantage uh, uh, physically. And Patterson? Yeah, so I, I, I and Patterson may be bold enough to do that, but uh, Patterson's a really good coach in terms of teaching his DBs taking 
technique. So maybe to cut those guys off, force them to the sideline, that kind of stuff. I'm going to go with the better coach and Gary Patterson. You know, give me three coaches in college football that are better than Gary Patterson. I can only think of two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's Urban Meyer and Nick freaking Saban. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go with the better coach, man. That's why he's out coached every damn coach Texas had here in the last eight years. That includes Mac freaking Brown. Yeah. So I'm going with him out coaching Texas again. And I think Sean Robinson's dual threat ability is too much for Todd Orlando, as has been for Kasim Hill and Tyrell Pigram and Jesse Ertz um, and Alex Delton. It ain't the big, mm-hmm. it ain't the big time NFL prospects that beat Texas because Todd Orlando can stop them. Look at JT Daniels; he can't stop the unpredictable. That's the dual threat quarterback. Yeah, I, I got Texas s- losing thirty-one to twenty-twenty-three. Uh, I'm a thirty-one twenty-one game. At okay. the end of the day, I, again, I just don't see how Texas controls the tempo enough, how they limit explosive plays enough, how they create enough explosive plays yep. on their own. Maybe things change, but Rod, I'll say this with the Big Twelve. We know there are certain teams where you just don't match up well against somebody. Mm-hmm. And I just think right now, Texas, I think, matches up really well with Oklahoma because we talked about that game. It's more of a line of scrimmage game, and we know Oklahoma's got defensive issues. I think that's why that game the last few years has been close. If you can thank Charlie Strong for something, Texas fans, it's that, that he kind of flipped the Oklahoma game to where now Texas knows they can compete with Oklahoma. There's not that you know big black cloud hanging over that thing where, oh, gosh, are we going to get hit in the mouth and is it going to get really bad? I agree with that. That's a good point. But I just think TCU's just not. Not a good matchup for Texas for the reasons I mentioned. I do think Texas keeps it close reasonably, um, but I'll take TCU by 10. There you go. Yeah. Matt, I like that, brother. Yeah. I like the cojones, the scones you got with that one. I, I like, like the it. way the numbers are going. It looks good for Texas. Okay. Uh, Give me we'll, those numbers, please. We'll see. <laughs> Send me all those numbers. We'll see if we'll see if Matt's right or if TCU <laughs> makes it. The public right now is eighty-five percent on TCU. The public's never beat Vegas. That's true. Good we'll see if Matt's right or if TCU makes it five in a row. And we're talking about a loss next week. Getting ready to go to Manhattan, Manhattan, Kansas, a place Texas has not won since Rod, since B. Rod Babers was wearing Ooh. a uniform. Hey, I had a good game that game. Rod B going in with the Stormtrooper Whites, knocking off a Bill Snyder coach team. Yeah. Baby. Is it weird that Bill Snyder's still the head coach at K State? That is, all these that is years very later, weird. That's even very though he strange. had that little sabbatical where there was the old Ron Prince deal that K State fans don't and really And Ron talk Prince about. still was beating Texas. <laughs> Ron Prince was 2 0 against Texas. Yeah. yeah. Jordy Nelson got a career out of it. Speaking of your matchups, teams that don't match up well against mm-hmm. Southern cultures, boom. We're, mm-hmm. we're about to get two in a row for Texas. Kryptonite. And we'll see how it goes. All right. We will be back to wrap it up after this break. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. 
Credit products are issued by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Offer lasts for 90 days from air date. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Gift card offer valid only for new customers applying for a personal loan. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Medical bills, credit card bills, auto loan bills. Oh, no. Are you stressed trying to get your bills paid each month? Wouldn't it be a huge relief to make just one simple payment? Get that relief today with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Avant is an online leading platform that has rescued hundreds of thousands of Americans struggling with the stress of high interest debt. That could save you money, simplify your life, and erase all that stress. The application is quick, and you could have the money you need as soon as the next business day if approved by 4.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday. And now, get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 1818 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 1818. You know, as an allergy sufferer, you're wired differently. (sighs) I sure feel that way. That's why there's Nasacort. It's different, too. You see, unlike antihistamines, Nasacort targets and inhibits more of the allergic inflammation that causes your congestion and other nasal allergy symptoms. My antihistamine doesn't do that? None of them do. Oh, that is different. And it's why Nasacort's more effective at giving you 24-hour relief. So even if I'm wired differently... Nasacort stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half-submerged on the ocean floor, with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today, pronounced regionally as chowder, chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, where you can hear Rod B each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast, and always get our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn News 24-7, visit...